0: Real changes require real solutions. At Back to Life Radio, powered by BZ Transfer Systems, we know that life happens. And when it's time to get back to life, we're here for you. Now, here are your hosts, Linda Pavick and Paul Frazier. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Back to Life Radio. My name is Paul Frazier, and I'm here with my guest host today, Linda Pavick. How are you doing, Linda? My business partner, by the way. (laughs)
1: <laughs> hey, Paul. I am doing great, and I'm excited for this show. This oh, is going to be one of the best yep. we've ever done. This
0: is going to be great. So, everybody out there, we have a very, very, very special guest. Her name is Shelaine Pointer. I hope I got your name right, Shalane. Did I get your name right?
2: Yes, you did. Thank you.
0: Oh, you sound great.
2: <laughs> and so,
0: <laughs> Shalane Pointer, where are you from, Shalane?
2: I am from New York City, born
0: and raised. Wow, she's calling in from all the way from New York City. Shalane, we want to welcome you to Back to Life Radio, and um, and your story is going to be awesome for everybody to hear, and it's, we're going to let you take over the show because you have a great story to tell, and uh, we're going to be asking you some questions about your life and everything like that, so... I want to have Linda start off the show.
2: Hi, Shalane.
1: Welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Yes, we are really, really glad to have you. So if I understand correctly in visiting with you, you were diagnosed with a form of muscular dystrophy. Is it called limb girdle?
2: Yes, it's called limb girdle muscular dystrophy.
1: So, when you were diagnosed, how old were you? Uh, hold on one second. Um, I was mm, about
2: 13. No, I, was, I was 13 when I had the symptoms, um, but I was 23 when I was diagnosed.
1: Uh-huh. So when you say the symptoms, can you explain the symptoms a little bit, what was happening to you?
2: Sure. I was uh, extremely fatigued. Uh, I was sleeping all the time, getting enough rest, but I was always tired. And uh, I I would have these moments when I would lose my balance and and my reflexes did not work. So, you know, usually when someone is... Knows that they're falling, they can extend their hands or their arms to break the fall. But right. um, I would, in my head, I would tell myself, "Oh, extend your hands." But my arms wouldn't move, so I would, my, I would drop to the floor. My I would drop to my knees, and then my head would hit the floor, and I would I would roll over on my back and just be in a daze, trying to figure out what happened. So that happened often, and I would experience. Heat in my legs, you know, from walking, I would get these throbbing sensations. Maybe from, you know, maybe walking a, a long distance, and then these burning sensations. My heart would pound really fast, like I thought I was going to die.
1: So you were a teenager when this happened to you. So that must yes, have been. Yeah, I really was a
2: strange. teenager.
1: So at that age, you must have been really scared.
2: I was very scared because I didn't have a reason to be ill. I was active. I was uh, a cheerleader in my school, and my teacher taught us professional cheers. So uh, we were doing splits and backflips, and I was the the strongest girl at the bottom. So I had to lift the girls in the air and catch them, and um, I was riding a bike and horseback riding. So I had... A wonderful childhood. I couldn't understand what was happening to my body.
1: Well, I can understand that. Um, Just so that you know, as um, somebody that is talking with you or having this conversation, um, I was diagnosed with MS um, three years ago. Um, Wow. My symptoms? Yes. My symptoms, somewhat similar to yours. Um, with the exception that I was, I'm was, i able to catch myself when I fall. I don't have um, what you had. But I went undiagnosed for over 20 years. Um, when wow. I would go to the doctor and say, I don't know what's happening to me, they would just say it's all in my head. And finally, um, I had a actually a nurse practitioner that said, your reflexes aren't right something is really wrong sent me to a neurologist and they diagnosed it in five minutes with a spinal tap. So uh, wow, you are talk- right, you're talking to somebody that understands completely what you're going through and that's why I asked you how frightening it must have been at your age because as an adult it was really frightening for me and I just can't yeah. imagine at your age going through all of that and not knowing yeah. what's happening to you. So I studied your form of muscular dystrophy, and it—the it, one thing that I kept reading was it usually manifests itself around your hips and shoulders. Um, is that where you have the most problem
2: now? I have the most problems in my hips and shoulders, but back then, no. I okay. just uh, yes. So the feelings that I had and the sensations that I experienced earlier on uh it's completely different from what i've experienced in years to come i i don't have burning sensations throbbing uh my reflexes uh work in, in certain parts of my body is random and based upon what i'm doing um, um, i i'm i i, I am flexible but it depends on uh, uh, how I position my body or what exercise I'm doing or how I stretch. It's, it's very interesting. Even the weakness. I have some weaknesses maybe in my finger, maybe my left, my, 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 my maybe like my thumb, but I don't have weaknesses in my pinky. So everything is random, which is a good thing. Because I'd rather have random weakness and, and random issues than to have you know, one complete side not working at all.
1: Okay. That, that makes sense. And I understand yes. what you're talking about with the randomness because I think MS kind of manifests itself in the same way as far as the random. And so yes. I experienced that as well. Um, so how did you get diagnosed? What did they do?
2: Well, after years of being tested, um, just like someone, you know, referred you, I went to church one day and I was talking to a friend of mine, who was an uh, uh, an outpatient uh, occupational therapist, and 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 I had already gone through the tests that was recommended to be diagnosed um, um, from Long Island College Hospital, and they just didn't. It was inconclusive. I was told that they didn't uh, uh, they didn't handle the slides properly. So I had to get it done all over again. I was so disappointed. So my friend said, uh, Columbia Presbyterian Hospital is an excellent hospital. They should take your insurance. Uh, why don't you make an appointment through them and get the procedures done again? So that was Sunday. That Monday, I was on the phone. I scheduled an appointment. Days later, I, I, I visited the doctors, uh, and uh, they took a look at my records, and they said, you know, they they thought that I had some type of rare muscular disease. Um, we did the test again, and then they diagnosed me at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital. I was diagnosed with limb girdle muscular dystrophy, and then they went ahead and referred me back to uh, NYU Langone Hospital because they said they have the best rehab facility, and and I have been there ever since. But But years back, when I was a a little girl, even though the doctors didn't know what I had, they knew that I had some type of rare muscular condition, they immediately started uh, my my, 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 um, PT and OT. And I'm grateful for that because I believe that if I hadn't worked with these doctors to keep my muscles from atrophying, I probably would have been in a chair years ago.
1: Ah, okay. I understand. So, when you Probably. were, when you received your actual diagnosis, yes. um, how old were you? Twenty-three, And so but I was that experiencing
2: symptoms like, since I was that, 13.
1: So, that must have been a life-changing moment.
2: Hi, it was Shalane. a life-changing Hi, moment, and I wasn't sad. I was excited. I was excited because they put me out of my misery. It wasn't in my head. Because, you know, being that young and and going through a chronic illness for that long and slowly not being able to be... Because I was no longer physically active by the time I turned 18. By the time I turned 17, I could no longer do any physical activities because those muscles that you use to run, to jump, to bend over, to stretch to, you know, was no longer strong enough to support me. So when they, when they finally diagnosed me, I was like, yes, now I know what I have. Okay, so where do we go from here? I was solution-oriented. What can you do to help me so I can live my life? And that's when they gave me a brochure about Again. them going to dystrophy. And I read that, you know, it affects everyone differently. Some people end up in wheelchairs, some people use walkers, some people use leg braces, some people use canes. Um, so in, the, in the brochure, I saw a doctor, She, someone became a doctor and they were using a motorized scooter just like me. I saw an air traffic controller. So when I saw that and I said, wait a minute, I can live a normal life. I was not afraid. I was like, I was. it's like being in, in, in like you're a you you're, um, you're it's like being in the military you, you 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 know and you're at war you are at mm-hmm. war you, you you know it's a fight to maintain the quality of your life so Thank I you. think yeah. my greatest challenge was you know I'm sorry did you want to say something
0: well I have a question to ask you Shalane. this is yes. Paul, call by the way okay once you Okay, once you were diagnosed, did you have a good understanding about the disease and the treatments?
2: To a certain extent, I understood that there was something that was causing the muscles to break down, and that there, there were no uh, there was no medicine available uh, uh, to cure my condition, but they just recommended physical therapy. To maintain the muscles. That was what I was told. No one ever told me that it was, it was, you know, there would be a possibility that I would be in a wheelchair. I'm glad they didn't tell me that because being that young, that's not something that I wanted to focus on. That would, that would, that would really freak me out, you know. So I didn't know that it was possible for me to be in a chair because I was just so focused on doing whatever I needed to do to maintain my health.
0: Yeah, because they told the me the you can
2: have a normal life.
0: Yep, yep, wow. So did the doctors uh, talk with you about how the disease might progress? Um,
2: they did, but they, they uh, those years ago, they didn't really know that much. They just knew, they were able to, to inform me based upon people that already had the condition and how it was affecting their body. So they basically told me that they can't really tell me that in five years, this is how the the condition will affect you. In ten years, this is how the condition will affect you. They said, we don't know how it will affect you. It's a case-by-case situation. That also raised my hope and my faith in God, because it's different if they had said, you're terminally ill and you only have X amount of years, to, to, to live everything was you know I had there was a I always had the possibility of uh, defeating this situation or going far and above beyond because no one could pinpoint how it could affect me so I I just exercised my faith my faith in God and I said no I'm going to fight this thing if, if I can mm-hmm. live a normal life and 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 exercise and and, and manage my diet and in other parts of your life, you know, like for you know, your emotions, forgiveness, mm-hmm. stress, you know, relationships and things like that, then I would be fine. So I never questioned if I would be okay. I think the the most difficult part of being disabled or being physically challenged is mm-hmm. society, how society views you, how people right. determine your value based upon your circumstances or based upon their definition of what success and how life should be like. That was the most devastating uh, part of um, having this condition. Not being ill, but the world's view.
1: So Shalane, deciding, expand, yes. Shalane, expand on that a little bit. You had some experiences with people, you know, strangers, um you something led you to that what you just said. can you can you expand on that a little yeah, bit I must have
2: Yes, I, I lost friends. I lost friends, you know, people that I really truly value, that I would consider to be like family. I think for a number of reasons, some people it's called coping mechanisms. and I realized through the years that, that people cope in their own way. Some people didn't really know how to handle what was happening to me through my transition. So I, they, they, they would stop calling. They didn't come around. Um, I've heard some someone say they didn't want to, someone said to me they didn't want to uh, hang out with me because they didn't want to deal with the wheelchair. Oh, my God. And um, I, I've even, people have also been honest with me and shared you know, their stories of how they had had friends that became disabled and they just didn't want to be bothered. And because I had grown in, in understanding that, you know, communication is complex. I've grown up and I, and I understand that people's issues are not my issues, you know, in terms of their, their emotional being, their mental state of being, their struggles and challenges, how they view life. I was able to separate that so and, and allow myself to grow and understand my, my, my purpose, why I am here, and why God says that my life is valuable, and understand that I have, I was born for a reason. I have purpose. That, having that understanding took time. So once I was able to separate other people's issues, I began to understand life better from a different perspective. Because when people feel comfortable enough to open up and be transparent with me to share how they truly feel, I can't hold that against them. I've even heard someone say to me, you know, they don't, they would never want a child that was in a, in a wheelchair. I never want a child to, you know, because they had a child, and that child was experiencing health problems. So the if I was younger and they said that to me, I would have been absolutely uh, offended and there would have been a problem. But now that I'm older, that's a fact. Even though I'm sitting in this chair, no one wants a child to be in a wheelchair. Everyone wants the best for their child. Everyone wants the child to be well-developed and to go on to be successful. That person was expressing to me their fears, and also maybe they, they didn't have the capacity to love someone unconditionally. So they're showing me matters of their heart.
0: Well, you know, Shalane, you, you should, you should, take this show on the road. I mean, you could really, you should be a public speaker. I mean, to talk about your story, because I, you are, people would listen to you. You are unbelievable. You are really something
2: else. Shalane, thank you, sir. Well. well, I am, I am working on uh, my YouTube channel. I'm. I'm it's okay. in the works right now.
0: All, what's your YouTube channel? Tell everybody what your YouTube channel is.
2: Well, the name of my YouTube YouTube channel is called Shalane's Giftique, uh, which is my business name because during the COVID pandemic, I turned one of my hobbies into an online business. I make my own homemade foot soak and I sell uh, keychains and things like that. So while we wow. were stuck in the home, I had already registered my business name years ago. I just didn't have my social media uh, up and running. So I said, okay. you know what? While we're home for the year, why don't I just dig, dig deep because I'm not technically savvy. So I had to learn how to set up my Shopify. I did that. I was up in the middle of the night for months um, working with customer service, setting up my, my website, setting up my Instagram, my Facebook page. So finally, I have a social media uh, content, and the name of my YouTube is Shalane's Giftique. The name of my Instagram is Shalane's Giftique. And the name of my website is Shalane's Giftique. So even though I will be promoting what I sell on YouTube, my channel is going to be so much more than what I'm selling. I'm going to be sharing my journey, inspiration, tips, humor, because I can laugh at my pain now. And then I will be also sharing resources. What do you need? I'm going to be like your your cousin from another, or I could be your mother based upon your age. I'm Mm -hmm. going to be your family social worker. What do you need? Do you need ramps? We're going to talk about it. I want to have a dialogue with my subscribers where well, we can ask questions and we can, we can work together to improve our quality of life. What do you need? Do you need a wheelchair? Do you have an aging parent that has to move back home with you? How do you accommodate them? All of these challenges that people don't know how to um, address or sometimes challenges that people don't know how to, 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 to talk about because you, maybe you don't have anyone or you don't trust people with your heart. So I'm, I don't know everything, but this is going to be a platform. I'm going to do something that's never been done before. And then from there, um, I want to go back into the communities, anyone that's willing to work with me, organizations, to see how mm-hmm. can they set up, especially the churches. The churches are already in the community. They don't have ministries for people that are going through all kinds of things. I, I, I have a friend of mine, to make a long story short, whose husband became disabled. They didn't expect this. You know, when you're an empty nester, and, you, and you're going, especially if you're still in love and you're in a healthy relationship, you want to travel and, and mm-hmm. travel the world and, and make love. But what happens when your spouse becomes disabled and now you are a caretaker? That's a lot to deal with, and it's harder to talk to people about, what, what, you know, your fears and your concerns. So I'm helping someone right now. With, and I, and I was like, don't break your back. You're breaking your back trying to get the person, your, your spouse in and out of the house. Let me give you information on, you know, on who to talk to to get a rap to make it easier to transport him. Then I sent them information oh. about a company that has a car that's accessible. Why don't you trade your car? So this is called social work. And I was doing this for a long time and didn't know it because it was coming from my heart. People would walk up to me on the street and say, hey, my grandma needs a wheelchair or my cousin needs a a cane. So I said, you know what? I had time to think since we've been home as a result of the the pandemic. So I said, instead of me working with with people on -on one-on-one, why don't I do this type of work on my YouTube channel? That way I can help masses of people and teach people how to help themselves, teach you how to ask questions. How to do research because there are times when you won't have anyone around. When I was eighteen, going back and forth to the to the doctor, at some point my family was there to support me, to let even to let the doctors know that she's not here by herself. But most of the times, everybody had to work, so I had to go on my own. But going on my own it helped me be a better communicator.
0: It's that's me. fantastic. That's fantastic, Shalane.
1: Yes. So. So, Shalane, and what you're talking about, and when you do get everything set up, we will definitely link it from our business, We will share um, a link so that people can find you. And, okay. uh, you know, they'll see this podcast. And so uh, we will be there for you, and we appreciate it. I want to get back on a little bit about your situation because you just touched on it briefly when you were talking about, when somebody becomes disabled, um, yes. In my case, I had a my husband became disabled instantly because he had a mass a massive stroke. So wow. sometimes you can have that kind of a situation. Other times there can be an automobile accident, um, mm-hmm. like you said. There can be children that that have you know that get diagnosed with what you have or what I have. Um, yes. So, what happens is all of a sudden the family has to adjust because you've got somebody that you have to help. And what is the right way to help? What are the right things to buy, medical equipment to buy to help? Yes. And that's how we met because we are the makers of the BZ Board Transfer System, which. Wow! Um, Transfer That's people. awesome. Yep, from surface to surface, and I think you use a BZ board. So that's, yes. that's how that's how we met. I think somebody gave you one, is that correct?
2: Yes, yeah. someone gave, uh, gave me a BZ board. Um, I was in an accident, and I, my, I had a broken femur that needed to be repaired. So um, it, I was in the hospital for a month and a week. I healed um, quickly. And when I was discharged and I was on my way home, uh, someone in the billing department uh, told me that I think it, it, was, it cost about $250 at the time, and I didn't have the funds. So uh, she gave me the bZ board. Uh, I think this was back in 2011, I believe. And I was just so grateful. I was so grateful. I wanted to cry right then and there. And I just knew that. You know, when, when you have a good heart, you know, and you give yourself, you give your time, you give what you have, because it comes from, from a place of love, and you're not always expecting things in return, it comes back to you. You don't have mm-hmm. to wonder, and it always has come back to me at the times that I have needed the most. Wow, that's so an incredible... So, I went slope. home, and I've been using this busy board, and... It has definitely improved my quality of life because if I had used the hooly, I would not have been able to use certain muscles that I had to use when I transferred in and out of the bed um, as a result of using the BZ board.
0: So you're using saying, the
2: lift would have made me my body weaker.
0: So you're saying that our product, has basically sustained your body to where you can use the board. Do you use the board by yourself or do you use the board with help?
2: I use the board with help to transfer into the bed, but I'm able okay. to transfer out of the bed without the busy board because I'm using different muscles and I'm in a different position. When I transfer in the bed, my wheelchair is parked parallel to the bed. So I'm going from right to left. I'm sliding from my right to my left. So I have to lean over so someone can put the busy board under me. And then they help me put my feet in the bed and then I I pivot and I use my arms, I I shift my weight and I help the aid as they slide me into the, the bed and it works. The round part moves, I slide into the middle of the bed. When I'm ready to get out of the bed, I, I park the wheelchair to face me, and then I turn my back against the chair, and I shimmy back onto the chair. I shimmy back.
0: Mm-hmm. So do you, do you still have a? Do you still have a hoyer lift in your house?
2: I, I do have it, and I, and I will keep it as a means of you know just for emergency purposes. Sure. You know, God forbid, there's a there's a uh, we we have some sort of a shortage, electrical shortage.
0: Sure. You know, and
2: maybe my, maybe my vehicles are not working, the bed is not working. But at least I'll have something to transfer me into my chair. So I truly believe in having what you need. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you know when you become disabled, you're ashamed or you have pride, or oh, I don't want to use it. You know, you don't want to be affiliated with being disabled but i realized that it is better to have what you need just in case than to be put in a situation where you don't know what to do
0: so let me ask you this shalane do you go out and about with the bz board where do you go out and about like let's say to the grocery store and stuff like that do you take the bz board with you
2: no because i i'm i currently use accessoride as a form of transportation when you know when I'm traveling, um, oh. and then I use the city bus. So and I'm, mm-hmm. I and I and I use a motorized wheelchair to get around. So there's no need oh, for okay. me to transfer uh, from the wheelchair onto anything else at this time. But I okay. but, but I'm working on getting my my driver's uh, permit. My my, my 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 yes my driver's permit. I've been doing research, uh, and I found an, an auto dealership that works with a driving school for people with disabilities so even though i don't have the funds right now i'm not worried about the funds the, the money will come i'm doing what i what 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 i have uh, uh what's in within within what's within my control that's what i'm working on so whatever's in my control such as studying to get my permit then um, i have to pay the fee for the people from the driving school to come to my home to assess me, have to evaluate me to determine what what type of equipment they need to install in the vehicle so I can be able to take my driving lessons. Then from there, I'll take driving lessons, um, get my license, and then I was told by the auto dealership, even if I'm not ready to purchase a car right now, they will let me rent their vehicle. So you must crawl before you walk. Work on those things that I need to be to be put in place, so that when I am ready to purchase, I will do that. And I had my driver's um, permit when I was in my twenties, but when I stopped, after I stopped walking, I didn't know that I didn't have to let it ex- expire because I wasn't aware of you know driving school for people with disabled people with disabilities. I, I wasn't aware of these opportunities that we have now. So you live and you learn. You can't know everything, but everything happens for a reason.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I agree with that completely, Shalane, and I think your story is absolutely phenomenal, and I think that you are going to do a lot of good with uh, your YouTube channel and the way that you can help people. Um, The the things that you have said I think are very inspirational, Mm -hmm. and I think that there are a lot of people that will want to subscribe, and want to talk with you. I think you're a true inspiration.
0: Yeah, you should be a motivational speaker. You should be on the circuit. <laughs> you really should. You are an inspiration, and, uh Thank
2: was... you, sir. Thank you, sir. And I'm working on it because I, I actually had an opportunity to speak to some people in my community. I branched out, and I said, I want to speak. So I prepared uh, my message. I went to the senior citizen Recreational Center up the block and the director let me have the floor and wow. I went there and they, and she said they loved me and they wanted me to go back but because I was working on other projects I just wasn't able to continue but I'm going to pick up the torch and I think that this YouTube channel is going to going to open doors that I, I could never dream of and I'm just yeah. I'm filled with joy and um, true joy. Because I, I really believe that I'm walking into my purpose. Because I wanted
0: well, to I'll be a I'll tell you piece. one thing. I'll tell you one thing. You have not, and I'm going to say this too to Linda because it pertains to her too, but you guys have not let this disease slow your role at all. Oh, no. I mean, you guys are out there fighting. You guys are doing what you can do to to do the best you can. And you guys are fighting like crazy and it's like I said, you're not you're not slowed down one bit. So I mean, I, life I is beautiful. it's really you're you're something else, Shalane. I'll tell you that. Well, listen, I want to thank you for being on this show today. It's been such a great pleasure meeting you, and listening to you talk about your situation, and telling everybody about it, and your YouTube channel and everything like that. It's just it's been a joy listening to you and, and everything that you were talking about is just really something. So
1: Yes, Shelaine, thank you so much. Uh, it has just been truly our pleasure.
0: So thank you. I want, so I want everybody to go to our website, which is Boards.com. You can B-E-A-S-Y boards. Dot .com go there check out all of our products our accessories and all the information that we have for you there at our website that's called bzboards.com. and again i want to thank everybody for joining us Shalane, thanks you a million for coming on the show today linda thank you for being here i want to thank everybody and we'll be right we'll be back with uh, my same back and more. <laughs> this is it. This is the show. So thanks, thanks everybody. And Back to Life Radio. On behalf of your hosts, Linda Pavick and Paul frazier and our friends at BZ Trans Systems, thanks for listening. For more information, go to www.bzboards.com Join us next time on Back to Life Radio.